Thanks for watching this episode of Turning to Him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Turning to Him. I am here with Tim Gruber, who has graciously decided to share some of his time with us. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Zach. Good. Well, thanks again for, for letting me interview you and sharing your experiences. Sure. Um, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I have a background when I even started out at 19 years old in sales. I was doing that for about 30 years, working working for my dad's company. And it seemed like a solid position that was gonna go places, but um, life kind of took a, a turn for me in my life. And I wanted to kind of go over maybe some of the struggles and also the um, reality that I came to that um, I can't live in this world um, just without any God or savior to atone for me. Um, it just, it becomes a very hard life living away from the church. And that's part of what I did do uh, from time to time, actually. Yeah, you know, I've, I've often heard people say, and I agree with it, uh, living the commandments isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier than the alternative. Yes. Yeah. But, but the mind forgets sometimes. Um, at least that's been my experience. And sure. um, so you have to kind of circle back, you know, and get back to the iron rod and hold on to that. And then you might slip off for a little bit. But as long as you're staying closer and closer to the rod every time you come back, you know, I thought of that as a good analogy of, of getting better, of improving. I love that. I love that. The mind forgets. I wonder if that's why the scriptures tell us to remember so often. And the same things, too. Yeah. Some of the same things are repeated many times. Yep. Okay, so talk. To, take us back to the beginning. You said 19... You've got a great sales job with your dad's company and everything kind of pointed in the right direction. Yep. I got uh, married um, in 95. Okay. And we went to a Baptist church for a couple of years because I, I wanted some spirituality. And uh, uh, let's see, in 99 was when my wife said, we need to go to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because I know that's the only church that has all the truth. Yeah. Was your, wife, was your wife a member of the church before this? Before she you? was born and raised, but she, she also walked away with me out of the lifestyle and, and went to a different church that was, you know, I don't want to say subpar, but it just didn't have the fullness of the gospel. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So you all get married. You're uh, attending a different denomination for four years. And then she's together, though. Yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. 
And so in 99, she tells me that she wants to go back to the true church. Um, I felt the adversary attack me in such a way that I had to kneel down on the ground. I was in a Target store and um, we were just aisle shopping, you know? Mm -hmm. and just suddenly I felt like this energy just leave my body completely and kind of a pit of despair came over me. And then one thing I was taught previously to joining the church was that if you're doing something right for God, you're going to notice the adversary get upset. And so when, when my wife had testified of that, I felt it and I knew there was something more there because of the reaction I got from the adversary. And so I decided to take the lessons, uh, missionary lessons. And I was always being asked if I would be baptized during almost each lesson. <laughs> but on the one on tithing, this is back when they were doing the pamphlets. Yes. On uh, the one on tithing, we were talking about it. It happens to be a subject I really like too, is tithing. And um, anyway, they had asked uh, if I'd be baptized out of the clear blue during that discussion. It had nothing to do with baptism, it was about tithing. Right. But this elder felt impressed to ask me. And I was going to say, no, not right now. Maybe we can talk about it next week. But before I could even speak, my, my voice was taken from me. I couldn't talk. But I did feel that warm, overwhelming spirit that calms every fiber in your body. And when I felt that, I knew the Book of Mormon was true. I hadn't finished reading it yet but I knew it was true. I also remember as I read it and studied it, I kept thinking, how would the devil play into this? How would he have a say in this so that we're a cult and we're not who we say we are and all that? And as I read the Book of Mormon, I kept hearing testimony after testimony about Christ, about Heavenly Father, um, the wonderful miracles, the, the healings, you know, everything that you read about, and the wars, of course, but um, people go off course, and then they come back to righteous again, you know, oftentimes, or they can. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you are having some pretty serious spiritual experiences. Yeah, I was. You talked about your experience at Target, and I thought, well, I can think of another young man who uh, had a visitation from the adversary before something great happened, named Joseph Smith in a grove of trees. So, I mean, this is, I'm amazed that you took that as a clear motivation of, hey, there's something to this. I need to pursue this. I'm feeling resistance going towards a good thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you decide to be baptized. How does that go? It went really well. It was like one of the best days of my life. Um, it was in October of 99. And then I got my endowments the next year. 
Yes. And went to, through the temple and was totally amazed by that. Um, I didn't want to go, especially when I was in the celestial room. But I, I had been told, you know, you're supposed to, not supposed to, but you're, you're, it'd be good if you spend just a shorter amount of time and longer so others can come in, you know, and sit down and have their experience. So I sat there a good 20 minutes and prayed. And I've often, when I would go to the temple, I would, I would pray for insight and ways I can help out better and what I can do, what are my shortcomings, mm -hmm. things like that. Okay. So you, you're baptized, you have a fantastic experience. A year later, you go to the temple. Again, a fantastic experience. So I'm assuming that from this point out, your life is just perfect. No, no speed bumps in the road. Uh, for about, yeah, for about seven years. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wow. I was, I was joking around when I said that, but that's fantastic. You had seven years. Yeah. until it's about 2007. And okay. Then, and I went through a divorce. Okay. That was really hard on my mind, my uh, psyche. I, it, I fell apart. I mean, I really did. Um, I didn't know what to do anymore in life. It's like I'd lost my sense of purpose. I mean, there was a child involved that went with her. So, I mean, that was my son who's now grown up. But um, at the time, he was about seven years old. Yeah. So he left me at a younger age. Yeah. Yeah, that's really tough. So that put me in a depression, but then a year after I was divorced, I met another lady. It was kind of a setup, like set you two up and see how you do. Mm -hmm. It seemed like you'd be good for each other. Well, we dated and, and all that, and we went through the process pretty quick. It was less than two months. Oh, wow. We had decided that we wanted the same goals, the same long-term outlook, have kids, you know, raise a family. And uh, I'm at this point trying to start taking medication. I have real high anxiety. I have deep lows or I get into you know, real major depression. And that was affecting our relationship. It was putting stress on it. Because when you're in that mode of um, feeling that way, all this intense anxiety or depression, it's very, very difficult to be there for others and to think about them and their needs. Yeah. So, um, what I, made you decide to start getting help? Um, I started actually getting help right after my second divorce. As soon as I lost that family, they moved away. Each mother took the kids and moved away. So I, I don't have kids living with me. I only talk to them, text them, you know, um, those types of things and try to keep in touch with cards and stuff. Yeah. So okay. I do. What's that? Sorry, I think I, I, I missed a divorce. So in 2007, was that your first divorce or your second divorce? Second. Okay. 2007 is your second divorce. Mm -hmm. So now. Uh, that was the first one. I'm sorry. 2007 was the first. Okay. That's the wife that you came back to the church with. Right. And, okay. So then you get divorced there. 
And then you meet uh, a woman shortly, about a year after that, you get set up on a date. Yep. And I got the story. Okay. So you date for a couple months, then you get 2008, 2009 here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then you get married and, and it sounds like she has kids also. No, we had kids together. We had two daughters. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they're adorable. Yes. Um, they're getting to teenage age though. One's a teenager, one's a preteen. So. Okay. Yeah. That, that um, can be a fun age. I'm like, mom, help them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So at this point in, in the second marriage, um, any signs of depression? In me, yeah, that's when it got worse. Okay. Um, and it, I think a lot of it had to do with a lot of pressures outside of the home with work. I had a very long commute, over an hour each day, or each way, I should say. Yes. And uh, so I'd come home, and then I'd have to do work around the house, too, because we were renting a home. We had a home to take care of. Mm -hmm. And so I just... I started falling apart. I mean, I just couldn't fill in the voids and uh, our needs weren't being met. Yep. So that's what led to that primarily. Okay. You mean that's what led to the divorce or, or you seeking help? Okay. So it was after your second divorce that you decided to seek so help. Seek help. Yes. Yep. To go okay. to behavioral health classes that are during the day, they're outpatient, meaning you don't have to go in and stay the night at the building. You can go in during the day for an hour and a half, have a class. They teach you coping skills. They teach you ways to meditate, to um, try and calm yourself along with the medication you take that helps you. Yeah. I mean, I can, go ahead. How did you find these resources? Um, I searched through the internet. Mm -hmm. I typed in anxiety, depression, behavioral health. I learned the buzzwords. People were telling me, you know, what what it all is that may have had like a, a brother or a sister that went through it. So I got some tips from other people. Okay. And, uh, but but the. Uh, I think I was very blessed to find the place that I did. It was very clean. It was very um, non-threatening, very comfortable. It felt like a safe place. And that's the biggest thing when you go to a patient facility is you want to make sure you feel safe. Yeah. And uh, that your word is kept secret. Yeah. Because it is a group setting. Okay. Okay. You know, I should, we should also put a plug in here right now for um, LDS Family Services. And, you know, come think of that, that might be the old name. Um, I've heard of it still that name. Yeah, okay. But the, the church does offer family services to, to anyone, whether you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or not. Yeah. That's another great free service that's provided there. But, okay, so you find these resources, you start going to these outpatient classes, do they help you? Oh, yeah. They were giving me more confidence and helping me to learn how to let things go a little bit better. You can, and by the way, you can learn a lot of great skills, but if you're not using them, like I kind of went off 
and didn't practice, you know, my exercises or my mental, you know, meditations. So I had to rely solely on the medication and it does help. It helps a lot. I mean, it does block out the negative emotion, which you don't want. And it helps you to feel closer to the good things. So a real great example is if I'm not on a certain medication, I can feel disconnected to the point that I don't feel the Savior or the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. I'm taking my medication properly and all of it, which I've been doing that for over a year now. Good. Um, there was a time when I would kind of skip and I don't know why I was doing that. They always told me, don't do that. <laughs> don't yeah. skip your medications for a day or two. You're going to end up messed up. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I had to experience that a few times too. Well, you know, I think that's a common experience. I'm not, I hear that a lot of, uh, people saying, look, I got on the meds and everything was great. And then for some reason I stopped taking them and I don't know why I stopped taking them, but you, I did. You just don't feel the same urgency yeah. anymore. The pills are working, you know, they're when they're in your system, that is. Yes. Yeah. They work and you assume, oh, this is me. I mean, now I'm normal again. Uh, I can go a night without doing it now. And I, I can save even more money on prescriptions because I can go longer. Now that wasn't the right answer at all. Yeah. It's definitely take them daily because if you're, if your chemicals are right in your brain, you do feel the uh, heavenly father, Christ and the Holy ghost and the channels more clear between them and I. Yes. Okay. So, so, Walk us back now. You've gone through your second divorce. Right. And you start going to these groups and you're learning some great skills. So you've got so you've got the medicine that's helping you out uh, chemically. And I mean, by the way, I'm not a therapist at all. So I'm, I'm probably not using the right terms, but you've got the medicine that's helping you out chemically. You've got these coping skills that are maybe helping you out emotionally and, and yeah. socially. So what happens? So everything's fine. I mean, I, I felt content. I was... Just, uh, I was living with family at the time because of money and some, well, I had no houses after I had the two divorces. I, I just ended up living with my mother for a while and then eventually got a job where we were, my wife and I were um, managers of, a, of an apartment complex. And as one of the perks, we got a, a place to stay for. Uh, at a very discounted rate. I yeah. wouldn't say it was free, but it was very discounted. Yeah. Okay. You said your wife and you, so um, it sounds like, did you meet someone and then got, got married? Yep, we skipped that part. Through the yeah. behavioral health classes, I met a nice lady. Okay. Um, it was just a one-on-one -on -one encounter, wasn't expected. But we had gone out to a break together. I said, hey, do you want to go outside? Because she would usually stay inside by herself in the room and not go out anywhere. So I asked her, do you want to go outside? She's like, sure. So we went out. We started talking. Conversation ran along. We ended up deciding, hey, let's hang out again sometime. So for six months, we were friends, really good friends. 
I mean, spending 10 hours a day together sometimes, you know, lots of time. Yeah, yeah. Watching TV together, shows, whatever. Sure. Okay, so the two of you get married. Yes. Uh, talk to me, during this period, talk, uh, tell me about your activity level in the church. Yeah, I was, uh, I was not active um, okay. for a week. But in 2000, oh, I don't know how to jump around here. I don't want to jump around too far and then have you have to backpedal on me. But my my current wife is a member of the church and she did get baptized in 2015. Okay. So at that time, we started going back to church for over a year. We were going solid. Yeah, yeah. So we're getting up into the 2017-ish time frame. Then yep. we moved back from California to Phoenix, Arizona, where I've lived all my life practically. And uh, she was more than willing to move with me. And, and uh, I had a good job lined up, which lasted only seven months. And Oh, no. Yeah. It, the, next, the expectations were not met. Yes. Uh, either way, we didn't have a good communication. Um, and then the same thing happened when I went to back to go work with my father. I went to go back to work with him in like 2018-19. And I spent maybe a year there, the most, not even a year. And we just didn't have the same goals in mind of how to run the company or, mm -hmm. you know, how to handle disciplinary action, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. It's just, I realized that I couldn't work for him. He, it was a father son relationship where as a child, he bullied me a lot. And as I grew up, um, I finally stood up to him one day and then he didn't bother me anymore. Good for but, you. Um, what's that? Said good for you. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just stood up to him um, instead of just doing whatever he says. No. But uh, it, it led to me and eventually leaving and going to college, and I was gone. I was out of the house, so that problem was solved. Yeah. But that's oh. that's back in the nineties, early nineties. Okay, so we're, so we're back to um, you and your third wife are living in an apartment complex that you're managing, mm -hmm. um, and life is going. Is it is life going well at this point? How's your stress level? Stress was and is always at a peak. For okay, me. Um, I have to really work at it. I can get overwhelmed very easily even medicated. Um, it's like I need to have daily reminders, whether it's a conference talk or reading the scriptures or listening to a devotional or a podcast or whatever it is, uh, listening to your shows. I've listened to three or four of them. Good. Good. And they've been helpful. So I appreciate that. So I, I'm getting a little bit of spiritualness everywhere. Okay. So and that's, that helps with the stress and the anxiety. That's, um, 
it sounds like you, for your needs, have just learned that, learned really what we all need. It's just, you've learned it better than the rest of us, is that we each need a daily dose of the spirit. And it's just that touch point. Otherwise we drift off and things get out of control. Yeah. And if you've done like a service project, that's me serving the Lord. So that would keep me in the spirit. Yeah. If I volunteer for something or, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so this, your your third wife, is she your current wife? Yeah. Okay. She's been married for eight years. Okay. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And she, she would tell anybody, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Okay, so the so the two of you have moved around together. You've stuck through some some tough times. I mean, working with your father again the second time, that's it sounds like you are helping run a business. That's an that's high stress. Working with family can be very high stress. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you were able to say, "Hey, look, this isn't working for me. I need to adjust this." And I went to go work for a different company. I've been with them for three years now, and I love it. I'm doing social media marketing and all sorts of stuff. Kind of like what you're doing Mm -hmm. uh, with the videos. I'll be doing videos, um, mainly um, company ones for the company. So I'm excited for that. We got the gear. We just got to get a couple other items, and we're ready to go. Yeah. Tim, what kept you going through all this? Because you have not had an easy story. I mean, you know, you and nobody really does, but your life has not been super easy. What keeps you going through all of it? My children do. My faith does. I do have faith. That's one good, thankful thing, because when I was out, I I had been away from the church these last eight months and I lost faith and the adversary started working on me over those, over all that time and had me thinking that the book of Mormon was just a bunch of witchcraft and, um, not, um, of the, you know, not the gospel. And, uh, I had to, exercise my faith and then realize that that it's all true don't believe the lies because you'll know when you're being lied to you'll feel miserable you won't feel good if you're being told the truth you'll be edified i mean what i mean by truth is the truth the truth of what's written in scripture yeah tell me Tell me what you've learned or what you would tell somebody who is kind of following that same pattern of being in the church and then stepping away from activity and then being active again and stepping away. And if they're in a period of inactivity, what would you say to that person? I'd say it's a really hard road to live, not going to church as much as it sounds like it's worked to go to church each Sunday it will center your life so that you're more able to 
succeed in the things you want to succeed in. I mean, honestly, Heavenly Father wants to see you succeed in this life. He's not set to make it so hard that you can't make it. I, I love hearing that. Heavenly Father wants you to succeed. Do you do you really believe that? Um, at times I do. <laughs> I just, I think my current lesson right now as we speak is when we run into a failure, use that failure as a stepping stone to success. Because success is coming. You just have to keep failing on those stones that you're walking on that are floating on water and get to the faith part where you're you see the results and then your faith builds well i love how you put that because i i absolutely believe that and i i absolutely know that heavenly father does want us to succeed mm -hmm. and he wants us to learn and he's right there with us i mean that's the whole point that's that's the savior that's the atonement that's the whole plan of salvation but it is certainly not easy, as you can attest to. It's not, he doesn't want us to succeed by giving us everything on a silver platter. That's not succeeding. Oh, no. That's not the plan. Yeah, it's, it's pray and then walk about your day with faith, doing things that you know in your mind would please him. Instead of doing things that kind of feel okay, but... It's more what you're doing, not him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's a hard thing to do, to always follow his will, of course, right? But, yeah. But we know when we do, we get that reward. And we, it's just feeling good. Yeah. And, when, and we know that when we don't, when we fall short, there's another opportunity to try again. doesn't give up on, on any of us. Well, I've seen the stepping stones so far, and that's kind of what I explained to you when I initially wrote um, on Facebook about my experience. It was, it was centered around family, actually, and how I was having discourse with them, if you recall. Yes. But I also said I had no direction in my life. I mean, I was um, flippy floppy. You know, I would say one thing, but do another. And uh, my family just wasn't really trusting me anymore. You know, they they heard so many times, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do that. But um, I dealt a lot with anger uh, surrounding my family. I was the culprit. And it's when I was away from the church. But whenever I'm with the church, it seems like they come in closer and, and, and I can have a relationship more with them. My brothers, my parents, you know, um, and I'm just starting to get some nieces and nephews. So <laughs> that's fun. It's fun to be an uncle. Um, I tell you what, Tim, I'm excited for you. I'm excited that. It seems like you're in a good spot and you've been in a good spot for a while. You've got some yeah. tools in your tool chest to help you know how to how to play the cards Heavenly Father's dealt you, if if I can use a gambling metaphor and Heavenly Father in the same sentence. But <laughs> you know that 
you have to, you have to, I guess you have to play the game that you're in. Yeah. So that's exciting. And it sounds like you found a, a great wife that's sticking with you. Oh yeah. And she has a, a mental illness too, just like I do. Mm -hmm. So we're able to be strong for each other on one day when one is weak, the other can be strong, you know, and just do reminders like, you know, it's not that bad, you know, you're catastrophizing maybe. Um, think about it realistically. Do you think Heavenly Father would allow that to happen or something? That's how she reminds me and puts things in perspective. And I'll do the same for her. She's beating herself up about something she didn't do or and that's typically what she'll do and i yeah. tell her not to worry about it yeah well and what a blessing to be able to spend your life with someone who really kind of can can sympathize with what you're going through because mm -hmm. they go through it also right yeah that's great tim i really appreciate you sharing your story with me and really just i feel like letting us know Hey, mental illness is something that if you struggle with, first of all, there's, there's no shame in that. Like we talked about before we started recording, if I've got a hurt back, I don't keep it a secret from people. I don't, I'm not embarrassed about that. I get the help that I need. That's going to be probably with some doctors. That's going to be with some physical therapists. That's going to be some exercises that I do every day to keep that strengthened. And there's going to be activities that I stay away from that I just know I can't do. Well, it's, it's the same thing with mental illness. Very and, true. I mean, it does have its limitations in some ways. There's certain things that we can't do. Like um, a great example is I work about four to six hours a day. Mm -hmm. I can handle up to about six. And then my mind is toast. Yeah. And after that, I, I, I had this understanding with my employer that I'm to work four hours, but if I do any more, that's great, you know, but they don't pay me for that. I just do it out of goodwill. And I, I want to see the company grow. Um, but anyhow, uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought there. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> that you know your, maybe that you know your limitations and you have to operate inside your limitations, just like all of us have limitations. Yes, right, with the mental health, right, correct, and, and having it limit you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I can't work eight-hour days. That's what I was going to say. I, I can't do a 40-hour week. Yeah. Uh, I have to rest. Well, I mean, that's that seems very healthy and self-aware that you know what your limitations are. You say, hey, look. To, to operate outside those limitations, it doesn't help me. It doesn't help the people around me because then I, I can't maintain that and I fall apart. Correct. That doesn't yes. benefit anybody. Yep. Yep. So that, my, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you got it. Yeah. You understand. Well, I so appreciate you being so real and, and selflessly sharing your experience. Of course. And, uh, you know, maybe just take the opportunity to say, hey, look, if anybody out there is is even thinks that you're perhaps experiencing depression or any type of other mental illness, go talk to somebody. Especially if it lasts longer than two weeks. If it's longer than two weeks straight, there could be a problem. Sure. 
but people do go through normal depression that usually comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point because I think a lot of us don't know, okay, look, am I, am I just, am I just having a bad day or do I have a legitimate problem? So right. that's sound right. Like-